0: i feel like think? those things that they're talking about especially like the foreign buyers i think that's mm-hmm. just a scapegoat right mm-hmm. so i personally think like foreign buyers they can't for you mm-hmm. so that's why i think they're like okay this would be a good scapegoat but they don't represent a lot of the buyers mm-hmm. to be honest like maybe like two to three mm-hmm. percent so it won't have as much effect as people think it is it's just mm-hmm. a way for them to be like well we're doing something here mm-hmm. right at the end of the day like the main thing that they should be doing is like ending that type of zoning make like it will make the cities better, too. It would mm-hmm. actually make Toronto a better city. Mm-hmm. Like, if it didn't have all these single-family homes like on all these things, Like, mm-hmm. on these major streets, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, make it easier to put in transit. It would make traffic better. It would, it would make quality of life better. Mm-hmm. But instead, they're doing things like, and like, you know, like, batting foreign buyers and, mm-hmm. like, trying to make it seem like they're doing something, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Welcome back to Beyond Culture, with a podcast that attempts to bridge the gap between culture and politics. I'm your co-host, Abel. In this episode, we talked to Nero Navi, who is a real estate agent based here in Ontario. We discussed uh, the origin of the housing crisis in Ontario, what government can do to help solve the crisis and the problem with exclusionary zoning laws. We also touched on how Nero Navi got involved in real estate and his advice for young people who are trying to get into the housing market. Take a listen.
1: Nero, thank you for coming through on Beyond Culture. Thank you for sitting with us and giving us your time. Thank you
0: for having me as well. Mm-hmm. I appreciate what you guys are doing here, trying to
1: bring um,
0: housing issue to the forefront, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure, for sure. And obviously, thank you for sitting through our whole, whole setup, you know, and everything else. This is a new space so we haven't used before, but a beautiful space, you know, um, uh, for our conversation today. So, can you kind of tell us a bit? Uh, about your origins, why did you get into real estate? Because uh, every time I watch real estate people speak on social media or watch YouTube videos, I always wonder what makes them actually want to get into this field. Mm-hmm.
0: So, to give you a bit of background, like um, initially, obviously, nobody grows up wanting to go into real estate, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, I when I first wanted to uh, went into uh, university, I went into business economics, mm-hmm. and when I was there, I still wasn't sure like what I really wanted to do, mm-hmm. um, but. Like, I I really liked economics and, like, business. And so, I was like, okay, let me go into banking. Like, let me go into finance, right? So, Mm -hmm. and then I went kind of, like, financial economics. So, I ended up, after I finished school, I went to Scotiabank. I was working as a financial advisor for a bit. I was working downtown. I realized, you know, I like what I'm doing. I like that I'm helping customers. But it felt kind of restricted with Scotiabank because it's, like, you kind of have to listen to what the bank is telling you to do, right? You Mm -hmm. can't give the people the best advice. Mm-hmm. Because you can only give them Scotiabank Bank products, mm-hmm. so then I was like, wh- "What can I do where it's like I can actually help people like you know with their financial goals and everything, and be honest and be like this is not the best product for you. This is a better product. Mm-hmm. This is how you can make money, and this is how you can kind of like make your uh, get to your financial goals.'" And I was like, "If I get to real estate, housing is such a huge part of your financial like profile, right? Mm-hmm. It's probably the biggest purchase you'll ever make." So with that, I can also help people with other type of finance products, like even like investing in like equities or um, even like saving up or in like even long term financial goals. Right. So mm-hmm. even investing in homes and everything. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of got me into it.
1: Well, oh, it kind of has to be scary going from having like a full time job yeah. and then becoming a entrepreneur. Scary, yeah. So tell me a bit about taking that leap. So
0: it was was definitely really scary. Um, So for me, it's like I tried to save up a little bit of money. Honestly, it wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. So while I was waiting, like for the first, I think it was first eight months, I didn't have like a paycheck. So those eight months were kind of hard. And I'm like, shit, am I doing like what am I doing here, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like you're spending day in and day out working, but you don't see the paycheck. So kind of like. Honestly, I was living at home at the time, so it wasn't mm-hmm. that too bad where it's like, I don't have a place to live or anything. Yeah, and uh, obviously, my parents were really supportive too. Mm-hmm. So, it was scary, but as soon as they saw like my first sale, it was like kind of like a roller coaster from there. And it's like, once I got the experience from that, it made it easier to, you know, uh, help like other people as well and then started mm-hmm. picking
1: up. Okay. So, you're going from the financial side, going into the real estate side. How much education did you have to, you know, get when you did that transition because that's this, this they're it, kind of in the same core, but it's a different. It's different, field. yeah.
0: When I was working at Scotia, I was working on some mortgages as well, so I kind of had an understanding about that. Mm-hmm. But it was honestly a huge gap um, mm-hmm. in terms of education, and the way the real estate system is set up, especially for agents, it's not the best. To be honest, like when I, especially when I was doing it, I think it's changed a little bit now. You have to go through college yeah. mm-hmm. before it was just like an online course that I would do, mm-hmm. um, and that course didn't really teach you much, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was basically like. How to write the forms and everything, but it's like it doesn't tell you how to get clients, how to like actually talk to them about it. Like honestly, like ninety five percent of the things you have to know, you don't learn. Yeah. So with that, once I first started during the first like eight months, that's how I really started to like pick up. Like I started to learn. I would talk to other agents. I would go see homes. I would work with clients, and then as the transactions happen, that's when I would learn a
2: lot. To be honest, like through experience.
1: Oh, okay. Like yeah. I was
0: telling you earlier, too. Right, experience mm-hmm. the best teacher. So mm-hmm.
2: yeah, like, for sure, exactly. And what's sort of. A skills that you think uh, you needed to be a good real estate agent that you didn't have prior to actually getting that experience
0: um in terms of skills that i didn't have prior mm-hmm. like i think a big skill is being a people person mm-hmm. but i did kind of have that initially mm-hmm. uh, but going to real estate made it like full force mm-hmm. another thing is just being able to um like negotiate with other agents negotiate down like a price if you want it for your clients mm-hmm. and just looking out for the best interest as well in terms of skills like i would say like um like Honestly, doing presentations, like, talking Mm -hmm. to people was a huge skill that I had to learn. Mm -hmm. Like, you wouldn't believe in high school, I was so scared of presenting or, like, I would hate presentations and that would be my worst, like, enemy. (laughs) So, what I did is actually, I started MCing as well. So, during those eight months, like, I was trying to make money as well, but also Mm -hmm. a way to kind of help me. Mm -hmm. So, I would MC at events, like birthdays and everything. And it was kind of like, if I'm talking in front of, like, 100 people, it feels way less scary, right? Mm -hmm. So, that kind of helped me with that as well. But Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge skill, like, just being able to talk to people, right?
1: 100% because I sometimes I watch those real estate videos where yeah. you have the real estate guys show you the mansions and all. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I found those videos interesting and I just, I'm like, these people are really good in front of camera for some yeah. reason. I'm like, is this part of the course <laughs> when you become a real estate agent? Or yeah. is this just that this new age of real estate agents are yeah. kind of getting more into this media thing?
0: Yeah. I actually was like, so uh, when I first started, like obviously I didn't have as much business or whatever. Yeah. So what I did is like, I'm like, how could I, get to people like and actually tell them who i am without Mm -hmm. like you know like doing the old way of like door knocking or like because i hate people that door knock and Mm -hmm. come Mm to it's like i'm just at my house like Mm -hmm. what are you doing here (laughs) or like even like flyers like who really reads those right Mm -hmm. so i one advantage i had is i'm young so i'm like i know how social media works and all those years of snapchat kind of came in handy right? right that and um so i was like that's my advantage over the older realtors that have all the business mm-hmm. so this is where i can kind of come in and like take their business a little bit right mm-hmm. so that's why i started making those videos so i actually started making these videos called real talks where i'll talk about mm-hmm. like different investing topics and mm-hmm. try to help people with that mm-hmm. and then people loved it so because of that it kind of led to more
1: business right mm-hmm. and, and then that directly transitions to that yahoo feature where they talk about you know, yeah. one of the you know top 10 guys to follow, that, top, social media, yeah, yeah. to follow on social media especially in 2021 yeah. tell me a bit about that feature and how that came to be and how that personally felt for you
0: so when they reached out to me like i felt like really good because i was like that was my goal right like i wanted to use social media to uh target you so when they felt that i would be a good candidate for that i was like mm-hmm. honestly it's like it feels like so fulfilling because it's like i was working towards this and with real estate and i guess a lot of things in life right like you work towards something and it's like you don't really see the like the benefits from it for like a long time. So that happening within like a year or two for Mm -hmm. me was like a pretty big thing. It felt really good.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It felt like validation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. So now let's transition a bit to one of the main, uh, let's say uh, issues that's going to come in this provincial election is obviously going to be housing, you know, Mm -hmm. affordable housing Mm -hmm. and, and all these things. I just, I I was curious as to what did you see like in terms of housing trends that happened you know during the pandemic you know what what happened to the housing market during the pandemic especially when talking about you know gta area Mm where we're we're pretty we pretty much are and then you know what are your predictions especially for this year 2022
0: um so during the pandemic i'm sure you guys already know but the housing market like went on fire Mm -hmm. um it's something that nobody expected so if anybody told you that yeah i expected this they're lying to you right like literally no one Mm -hmm. like no Economists, nobody expected that right but afterward it made a lot of sense like obviously when you look at it like after everything Mm -hmm. so during the pandemic what happened was obviously we went into lockdown Mm -hmm. um and when we went to lockdown people were at home most of the time and they're like wait this is i don't even like this house (laughs) it's like they don't even they don't even they didn't even see the house they're working all the time right and then they're like when they're spending all their time at home so there was a lot more transactions happening um and then with the pandemic you couldn't really like There wasn't uh, a lot of inventory. A lot of people didn't want to sell their home, Mm -hmm. uh, because like they didn't want random people coming through Mm -hmm. because of obviously COVID and everything, right? Mm -hmm. So since there was no inventory, a lot of younger buyers were trying to get into the market. A lot Mm -hmm. of first time home buyers are trying to get into the housing market. Mm -hmm. And because of that, the housing market, um, went on fire. Mm -hmm. Another factor was, um, like the government obviously put out a lot of money into the economy, right? Mm -hmm. So that was to kind of like make it so it doesn't crash, Mm -hmm. but it kind of had like a reverse effect where they put so much in that like the housing market and all all the assets kind of started rising like not even yeah. just housing like even like stocks and everything right yeah. uh, it's because the dollar kind of got like undervalued because you're yeah. just pumping money out right yeah. no. so now like fast forward to like the pandemic kind of ending as in like lockdowns and everything all the restrictions the government isn't putting out as much money and interest rates that got lowered. Oh yeah, that's another thing. They lowered interest rates like crazy mm-hmm. during the pandemic, mm-hmm. like the lowest ever, mm-hmm. <laughs> which made the so e- like made it easier for people to buy, right? So mm-hmm. they increased the demand a lot. Mm-hmm. So now over the last few months, it started to steadily go up, and mm-hmm. with that, we're seeing the demand obviously drop. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing like pretty big drops based on those areas that went up during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, a big factor during the pandemic was that a lot of people, they were working from home, so they didn't have to be in the city. Mm-hmm. So a lot of outer areas were, like, booming. So places like like Brock, I don't know if you heard of Brock, like Beaverton?
1: No.
0: No, it's so really <laughs> far out there. Beaverton, even, like, London, Kingston, uh, Oshawa, like, those are, like, they had, like, they doubled, basically, mm-hmm. right? So. Okay. for them the value was a bigger space and since it's a lockdown you don't really need to commute or everything restaurants were closed you don't need to be there or anything so even during that time I was telling people I'm like this is probably a short term thing and you should Mm -hmm. probably be wary of that and buy when like condos like were so easy to buy at the time Mm -hmm. no one was looking at condos
1: wow
0: so it was just like suburban houses and at Mm -hmm. the time I was like You should invest in downtown because it's going to come back. Like, it's not even just about work, right? It's about entertainment, like, restaurants, all of that. Um, And that's exactly what's happening right now. So, like, condo market, like, uh, a couple months ago started going crazy Mm -hmm. compared to the suburb. They slowed down. Mm -hmm. And now with the high interest rate, everything's kind of slowing down a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's kind of getting more balanced. Um, But they're still, like, much higher than they were pre-pandemic. So, still, like, double-digit. Growth, mm-hmm. but it's kind of balancing it out a bit more, which is good for buyers too, right? So, mm-hmm. going forward, I think it's going to become more balanced. So it, it kind of get closer to where it was pre pandemic, but obviously it's still like, it's still going to be much higher. Mm-hmm. uh But it'll be in a more balanced market. Oh, okay, because the interest rates mm-hmm. going
2: up too. Yeah, could you talk to us a little bit about like uh, we've been hearing that there's a supply issue uh-huh. uh, in regards to housing and that uh we're not building as many houses uh-huh. and people like there are there's a lot of demand for not that much supply uh-huh. and also right now as you talked a little bit about the interest rates going up i suppose the cost of building houses is also going to increase so that uh-huh. that's like going to affect the market as uh-huh. well so uh what's your Outlook on that, like on the supply issue, and also like the interest rates going up and how it's going to affect the market.
0: Yeah, so interest rates going up, obviously, it's going to affect it because at the bottom line, your monthly payments will go up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because of that, like the home prices can't go that high because you can't, like, no one can afford a five thousand dollar month payment, right? Mm-hmm. So something that was like like three thousand or whatever would go up. So because of that, the actual home price will go down. Mm-hmm. Um, We're already seeing that happening, like from February to April. February was kind of the peak. Um, since then after they raised the rates, it started to go down a bit. In terms of supply, so honestly, Canada gets a lot of immigration too, right? So Mm -hmm. we're getting like uh, 400,000 new people every year. So we do need a a lot more housing. Mm -hmm. I think we, in Ontario, for example, we built like 70,000 homes, Mm -hmm. um, if I'm not mistaken. The only issue is, is that the homes that we're building, they're either like condos or they're building like huge homes like far away. Yeah. so i personally think this is just my theory but i think what they need to do is they need to and like there's a there's a type of zoning that we have here in toronto which mm-hmm. is like really dumb but it's 70 percent of like um like toronto has mm-hmm. this it's called like we like yellow belt zoning mm-hmm. so it's like you can only build single family homes mm-hmm. so it doesn't make sense to build single family homes right beside subway stations for mm-hmm. example right like mm-hmm. so what we're getting is we're getting mansions beside like subway stations where people could actually like like I don't know if you you, you said you've uh, been to Montreal a few times right?
2: Yes. So you would
0: see those 3-4 floor mm-hmm. multiplexes. We need more of those. Yeah. To ha- make housing better, right? Like we need more of those near transit. Mm-hmm. We need to end that zoning where it's like kind of excluding people mm-hmm. and then making people like live farther away mm-hmm. and then increases traffic and everything. Where mm-hmm. if we make it more dense mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about like high-rise towers because that's mm-hmm. kind of like too much as well. It's like mm-hmm. more medium density. Like we need like 3 mm-hmm. to 4 floor type of homes, which will actually, like, even more townhouses, more, like, more uh, mixed type of housing, that will mm-hmm. help people, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I think one of the during the election, the NDP actually just promised today that they're going to be releasing a plan where they're going to try to end exclusionary zoning, which mm-hmm. would be huge, mm-hmm. but I hope they win, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if they do, yeah. come out with something like that, but that's yeah. the hard part, right? Like, yeah. uh, they have the good policies, but it's hard getting them to mm-hmm. into
2: office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, like, a lot of people have been talking about how, you know, just uh Allowing people to, you know, transform their houses into mm-hmm. uh, duplexes mm-hmm. and triplexes, you know yeah. triplexes that would really have a, yeah. a really I think it would have a huge huge uh, effect. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it's not you know that obvious, but mm-hmm. uh, I feel like um, you know like it, this has also been an issue in the U.S. in mm-hmm. many cities like mm-hmm. Seattle and mm-hmm. whatnot, where they have this single family zoning mm-hmm. type of type of thing. And uh, you know, I believe there are some uh initiatives coming from the federal government Mm -hmm. you know uh they've been promising that uh for provinces because i believe that's uh provincial jurisdiction for (laughs) provinces that uh try to end those type of zoning they would get more money to to build those houses so uh i hope that we'll see some progress there but also uh one thing i want to hear uh get your opinion on is uh like a lot of people don't like those like those uh zoning laws because they kind of imp- increase the the value of their home right mm-hmm. because if you're you're in a market where there's not a lot of supply mm-hmm. you know and there's a lot of demand you you know your house becomes more valuable to you and for many people their houses are like their you know uh w- you know uh wealth you mm-hmm. know they build their wealth mm-hmm. through their houses and you know their condos and whatnot so like you, you, you're thinking of your retirement, and you know you're saving as being, you know, in the house mm-hmm. instead of the house being just the house mm-hmm. where yeah. you live. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what's your your take on that? Where you know some people want to increase the supply, but also home owners don't. Some home owners don't, don't want, want, want that to happen. You know, yeah, and I think that's a
0: huge issue in Toronto as well. It's called like um, like nimbyism. Mm-hmm. So it's like not in my backyard. You heard of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But basically, like in Toronto, it's huge because it's like. They want, like, they don't want, like, even, like, multiplexes near them or, like, Mm -hmm. they just want this single-family neighborhood. Mm -hmm. They don't want their values to drop because, obviously, they're saving up for retirement and everything. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, we got to look at the bigger picture, right? This is not actually supposed to be an investment, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It should be a place, like, everybody should have a place to live Mm -hmm. initially. And then after that, if there is, um, like, place for investment that would be where it's like you can get cash flow like mm-hmm. monthly cash flow instead of looking for the appreciation aspect mm-hmm. right so there is opportunity for that where it's like you can own like a few type of multiplexes and then you get that monthly cash flow without expecting that appreciation so that happens like all over the world mm-hmm. um, but here it's like we've become so addicted to that appreciation where it's like kind of getting ridiculous like we're gonna mm-hmm. go from here right like it's like you're buying a home for two million or one million it's like mm-hmm. you expect it to go like three like who can afford these homes, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, but i personally think like that's what should end like people like saying, like, you know, I don't want this type of zoning. Mm-hmm. I think you should let the free market kind of decide that. So, mm-hmm. end that type of zoning. See if people do want to build their homes in those areas. Mm-hmm. And if they do, then that's their choice, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. And the
0: people that don't want it, you can stay in your single-family home, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to change it.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it's understandable that this is becoming an election issue because I was just looking, it's huge. I was looking at the report yeah. from uh, the Housing Task Force and it's talked about how the past 10 years housing prices have tri- almost tripled, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. then you look at the rise of income it hasn't the income is not catching up to the housing prices right and then so one thing the government is trying to tackle is you know foreign ownership Mm -hmm. vacant vacant homes so by raising those taxes they think that could help solve the issue another thing they're talking about is cutting the red red tape for you know developers so when you look at let's say those three things do you think that could help fix the affordability issue or what I feel like think?
0: those things that they're talking about, especially, like, the foreign buyers, I think that's mm-hmm. just a scapegoat, right? Mm-hmm. So, I personally think, like, foreign buyers, they can't vote for you. Mm-hmm. So, that's why they're, like, okay, this would be a good scapegoat. But they don't represent a lot of the buyers, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like, maybe, like, 2 to 3%. Awesome. So, it won't have as much effect as people think it is. It's mm-hmm. just a way for them to be, like, oh well, we're doing something here, mm-hmm. right? At the end of the day, like, the main thing that they should be doing is, like, ending that type of zoning. make Like it'll make the cities better too. It would mm-hmm. actually make Toronto a better city. Mm-hmm. Like if it didn't have all these single-family homes like on all these homes, like mm-hmm. on these major streets, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, make it easier to put in transit. It would make traffic better. It would, it would make quality of life better. Mm-hmm. But instead, they're doing things like, and like, you know, like batting foreign buyers and like trying to make it seem like they're doing something, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's really... The vacant tax isn't that bad, but at the end of the day, if they just do this, they don't have to do things like that, right? It's like yeah. almost like putting like tape over, Mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? Instead of just fixing the whole problem Mm here.
1: So when you kind of, when I kind of, when I think about it myself, I just uh, got out of university Mm -hmm. and I'm kind of looking into my my mindset of term, let's say I would want to buy a home or get into the market. I'm kind of looking at it from a perspective of somebody that just wants to live somewhere. Mm -hmm. But what I am noticing about the housing market is a lot of it is people investing, you know, and I think is Land speculation or whatever it is. So, in terms of young people like myself, that some of them kind of feel disenfranchised by the market. They don't, they don't, they, realistically, I was just looking at a survey, like a lot of young people. They
0: don't think they can buy. They don't
1: think they'll, they'll be able yeah. to, to buy, to buy a home, right? So, you're just your thoughts on that as young people, you know, either there's Gen Z or young millennials trying to get into the market and feel like they can't get in like what would you, what would be your tips for them taking those little steps to get to that point?
0: So I would say like, honestly it is hard and I get it. Like it's so hard to get into the market now. Right. But what I would suggest is obviously to try and save up, um, like instead of spending too much on other things and also like, um, One thing is, like, maybe buying a place with your friends or, like, kind of getting together with other people. Because it is hard, right? But these are just some ways you can kind of navigate it. Even though it shouldn't be this way, that's just the way it is, right? That's the reality of the situation. So, like, maybe uh, trying to buy with friends as well as, like, even buying a type of home that they don't, like, expect to be their dream home. But just getting your foot into the door. Like, what I always say is, like, if you get into the market, you can at least go up and down with it, right? So, at least if you have, like, even a condo unit or if you even have some, like, a smaller space that, you like... That's not in the location that you fully desire. At least you're kind of going with the market. And then going forward, when you start building equity, you can take that equity and then sell this place and mm-hmm. buy into what you want, actually want to buy. Cause the main yeah. factor is a down payment, right?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, you go
0: uh, So say like you buy something for like 600,000, right? Which is mm-hmm. still be up like five like a condo. Mm-hmm. You put in like, um, like let's say like 100k. Mm-hmm. And then once it goes, say it goes up to like 700, 800, that's all you're in your pocket after. And okay. then now you have 150, or now you have 200k to put into another house.
1: Mm, okay, I see. Yeah, because I was, um I was thinking about it also um, in terms of just asking you, like, when the clients I guess you're working with, do most people are they looking to invest? You know, when they buy a home, or are they looking to live in that home? Like, what is? Because you kind of you you mentioned one thing which is a co ownership. Mm-hmm. It is interesting to me because you know traditionally. That's not. I don't, it seems like that's not really how people buy homes, but that, a lot of a lot of young millennials are. They have, they, they, like they, they, they have to do that. <laughs> so how does that ch- change from what traditionally used to happen in the market?
0: So traditionally, obviously, you, you, they, it would be much easier for them to buy it on their own, right? Yeah. So now, what's happening is we're getting a lot of people getting their parents' help, or they're getting like their friends' help, or even just borrowing money to try and get into the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's changed is like obviously when you do it like that it's like say you don't like living with the person or whatever it's more of an investment thing yeah. at that point right yeah. and that's where it kind of gets like it's like you have to either live somewhere else so my thing is is like you need a place to live anyways mm-hmm. so if you can kind of save up while you're living at home or thing and then instead of renting you can just kind of put that into your mortgage type of thing right so mm-hmm. any way to kind of do that also a lot of a lot of parents do have homes so mm-hmm. Obviously, like I think it's like 68 percent of Canadians do own homes. So mm-hmm. even if parents can help their, like um, I guess kids out, I think an average Canadian, like they they give seventy thousand dollars to their kids wow. for buying a home. So a lot mm-hmm. of people don't have the opportunity, but the ones that do should take advantage of that. Because mm-hmm. I've had some clients say, "Oh, I don't want to ask my parents." It's like, like you could well, well. pay them back, like <laughs> yeah. talk to them, right? It's embarrassing yeah. or what? Like, yeah. but you might as well, cause you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like they'll be happy. You'll be happy too. Like two, three years.
1: Mm-hmm. And one thing I hear a lot about is obviously credit score. Yeah, a lot of young people, people have an idea about it. People kind of don't get the full picture of how credit score could impact uh, home ownership. Can you just give us a, a brief outlook we'll at to what your credit score is why is it why is it important to have a good credit score?
0: So credit score is honestly important not just for buying a home but for a lot of things. Even renting a home, mm-hmm. they look at your credit score. Um, what it is is kind of like the bank score. Mm-hmm on you on how like it's kind of like a report card for you right like Mm -hmm. on how um how uh how many payments you've missed or like how good you are at making your payments on credit like basically like in their eyes like are you a good person to lend money out to right so you have to kind of look at it from the bank's perspective so you have to see like okay if you make payments on time if you don't have a lot of debt if you don't have a lot of credit then your score goes up so it ranges between 300 to 900 Mm -hmm. but to buy a home or to do most of the things you would need to at least be at 700 Oh, okay. So 700 will be a good cutoff to kind of use. Mm-hmm. Um, so to keep it at 700, thing, some things I recommend is to make sure your utilization is low. So if you have a credit card and it's like say like a uh, five thousand dollar limit, make sure you're using under a thousand of that, mm-hmm. and you pay that off every month. Um, that will like if your utilization is under like thirty percent, it's better. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you don't miss any payments, whether it's like your phone bill or your credit card or any of that. Um, and don't apply for too many loans or anything either. But just have like one or two good credit cards that you use. Collect rewards points. Like honestly, use it for all your purchases. Yeah. But collect rewards points and then pay it off. So, don't mm-hmm. use it if you don't have the money to pay it off.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? So, yeah. that's a good tip that I've... A lot of people have told me like, you know, that worked for them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you can get like free trips with that too. Yeah, to the yo, I'm, I'm
1: building up my point. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so though, But sometimes, you know, yeah. I want to go watch a movie. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I use yeah. a bit of points for that. Is it scene points? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh but, uh, what I like about you as well is that you, 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 I've heard you talk a bit about the sustainability within mm-hmm. real estate. And I know you have the tree planting project. Can hey, you mm-hmm. talk to us a bit about that? And oh, what would you like to see in terms of sustainability in real estate? So
0: I think like sustainability is like a huge, uh, thing, like for everybody. Mm-hmm. So there's no point in having home if the world's gonna like, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's gonna get like in the f- next few years, we're gonna see a lot more climate change, like, um, Things happening like I know Toronto is safe from a lot of things, but most of the world isn't. So yeah. whether it's like floods or whether it's like um, like rising temperatures, yeah, yeah. there's so many factors that are going to be happening to the world. Mm-hmm. So I think like everybody has a key part to play in sustainability. So. For me, it's like uh, while I was doing real estate, I'm like this is a way for me to kind of give back. Where it's like every time I I help somebody buy or sell a home, mm-hmm. I plant 100 trees, mm-hmm. um, so that way I can look back and be like, wow, like I actually planted like thousands of trees. Like, mm-hmm. it's, like at least I try to do something to kind of combat this. Mm-hmm. And um, I think personally, though, like I think more new developers should get into sustainable projects as well, making sure mm-hmm. people like are like net zero, so basically don't put out carbon when they have their home mm-hmm. uh, and it gets recycled. Like, if we're building new homes, we might as well do it like that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there's no point building homes without that aspect. But obviously, Mm -hmm. most people aren't doing that. Cost is another issue, too, for them. But I hope to see more of that in the future. Another thing I mentioned was even with that yellow belt thing, that would help a lot Mm -hmm. with sustainability. Like, there's no reason for somebody to live, like, two hours away and drive every day, right? Mm -hmm. If you make it more dense, it's better for the planet. It's better for everybody involved. It's better for um like the people themselves they get to walk more they get every everything's near them like it just makes so much more sense mm-hmm. yeah. so i think that's a huge thing in real estate that should be like
2: uh talked about more often oh. yeah yeah and um uh, as we we're about to wrap this up could you uh give we you talked a little bit about this but could you give uh young people a little bit of advice of what they should do if they're trying to get into the market uh and uh what are like Maybe what are the common mistakes you see people do when they're trying to buy a house, and uh, you know how to avoid them.
0: Uh, so some of the common things I see, especially the young people, is they sometimes try to get a car loan or something mm-hmm. in between. Mm-hmm. That kind of messes it up because it makes your monthly payment um, like makes it harder for you to get a mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, like I would suggest, is to like kind of don't spend too much on like. Honestly, like alcohol and like food and stuff, <laughs> outside food, because it does add up. It seems like, low, yeah. not saying not to enjoy your life, because honestly, yeah. like you have to, right? It's not like we get a lot of lives to live, yeah, but no, no. at the end of the day, if you want to get into the market, if it is a goal of yours, then you have to kind of like be better with uh, saving. Yeah. Um, and then once you have that initial down payment and you get that uh, first property, it'll, it'll be much easier going forward. Like with mm-hmm. that, you can use it to get more equity, et cetera, and then get, uh, get into a bigger home it's just that first step like buying the first
1: home. yeah for sure, very sure, well all right <laughs> we've discussed pretty much you know we touched on every point in terms of uh real estate you know i'd definitely love to have you back later on <laughs> you know, if you have a project or anything sure. you can come through but thank you for giving us your time today
0: yeah and your questions are amazing too like i like talking about it too thank it's good
1: you. all right all right and, thank you nero uh, thank you nero. that was beyond culture and every uh, everybody have a good day